What's up, guys? I am George Fassi. Welcome to the George Fassi Show. This is the Medium session with clairvoyant medium Juliana Fisher. Welcome, Juliana. This is episode five. We've done this five times. Can you believe that? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's now the fifth um, episode, right? Fifth episode. Right. I know this is crazy. Like, we've done this five times. We've gotten a lot of really good feedback. And I'm just excited about this episode because we're going to talk about some things that are happening um, right now in the world that are kind of taking the world by storm. A lot is happening in the U.S. And I know in Germany, sometimes the things that are happening here don't always happen there. So I end up um, asking you about things and have to research or look it up or find it because our, our national news is not the same as your national news. So yeah, I right. want to bring Gypsy Rose because she's a really big um, topic in the U.S. Um, I know you weren't very familiar with it when we were discussing it before, but a little background. Um, she was um, part of a Munchausen by proxy situation where it's where someone is keeping someone sick in order to be their caregiver. And mm. it's a very unfortunate situation because she was a very young child when it happened. And the mother, Dee Dee Blanchard, ended up um, being killed by her and her boyfriend. And she was released from jail after seven years and her boyfriend not to be released. And I wanted to get your reaction to that because I know do you hear stories like this? I know that our crime in the U.S. can be pretty horrible. You hear the stories, it's kind of scary because a lot of other countries are much safer. You know, like, I believe in your country, everyone doesn't have a gun, right? Like, it's not, it's very safe. Oh, no, it's not allowed. Like, in Germany, you don't can wear a gun by you just when you are a police agent or something else. Yeah, not yeah. as a normal person, it's not allowed. It's, it's probably really scary stories that you hear over here because we have a lot of crime yeah you have absolutely drugs. different rules well yeah the rules here are very very lax you know everyone can have a gun and there's a lot of crime that's crazy. so what do you think about what do you think about this gypsy rose story when you first heard about it i know it wasn't something that you heard about when it happened but i know that you've heard about it now what were your thoughts and feelings about that situation I was really shocked because I never hear before from that story because in Germany it was not in the public. I never hear that story before. I was seeing the story first on TMZ and then I was talking with you and some friends in America and I thought, oh my God, that story is crazy. And I just uh, thought, oh my God, I watched some movies and it's the same story. I think a lot of movies based by the story from Gypsy and I was really shocked and my own thought was, why the mother was handle the whole story with her like that. I, I was not um, realized why the mother was treating her like that way. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the biggest question that all of us had as well. And you're 100% right. There were so many documentaries and movies and TV shows made about this story. I want to say the first time I saw one of the documentaries was about four or five years ago. I think mm -hmm. it was on Hulu. And it was, um, um, I can't remember the name of the actress, but it was really good um, documentary and it kind of showed what Gypsy was going through and what the mom was doing. But we don't know specifically everything that happened because a lot of people said, oh, we'll never know the horror that she really had to live through. You know, we don't know how she had to deal with that. And we're going to talk about that too because I want to know feel the way that she handled it because what we do know from watching one of the documentaries was she attempted to leave and her mom 
brought her back, I believe locked her in a room and, and punished her. So she really felt like she couldn't leave. She couldn't escape. So mm -hmm. how do you think that influenced her decision to take her mom's life? Do you think that, did she really believe there was no other option? Do you feel that way? Um, I think now after so many years when she was out of the jail, I think now maybe she changed her opinion or she had thought like, oh my God, maybe there was actually other ways or other uh, options to handle the whole situation with her mom. I think now she maybe feel guilty for what she did. This is just my opinion. I don't know. But I think now she thinks maybe there was some other options and... Yeah, I think she maybe, yeah, she missed her mom and she feel maybe a little bit guilty for what she did. I, I believe that that's true because the way that she spoke of her um, early on, she mm -hmm. used to say that she was a monster. And now when she speaks of her mom now, she says, well, she's not a monster. You know, she suffered from mental illness. She wasn't okay. You know, she didn't have the uh, mental capacity to understand what was going on and what she was doing. So I think that she does feel a little guilt for taking mom's life. Because in the end, in the end, this is her mom. You only get one mom. And yeah. I think now that, now that she's free, um, I know that she's thinking, well, there could have been other options. Like we could have sent her to a institution or we could have had a doctor you know, analyze her mental state and maybe she could have at some point later in life had a relationship with her mom. But now, unfortunately, that's off the table. She can't do that now. And I think that she's torn because I feel like at the end of the day, she served her time and she's supposed to be able to be free and live her life. But I think at the end of the day, she still feels guilty, like you said, for mm -hmm. the way that it was handled. And I don't know how you deal with those two emotions at the same time where you feel like, I did my time. I, I should be able to enjoy my life. But I think she also, in the back of her mind, feels she wished she would have done it differently. I think the craziest thing is, from the outside, everyone thought, oh, my God, that's such a strong relationship with a mother and her daughter. And now we we, we all know there was another side. And it's so crazy. And it, it, it creeps me out a little bit that... It looks like she loves her daughter so much and she just wants the best for her. And at the other side, she was trying to kill her at the same time. Like, how crazy is that? It's so scary because on the outside, like you said, on the outside, it looked like the most desired mother-daughter relation. They did everything together. They were always together. They were on trips together, um, on the news, you know, and the mom was yeah. selling this people. And the the... So many people were fooled. And I think that's what really caught the attention of the public because no one saw this thing. When it happened, everyone was shocked. Mm -hmm. No one could believe behind the scenes that girl was going through what she was going through. And she was, the mom was very smart, very crafty. She was able to go from doctor to doctor um, to get the, the medications that she needed to keep her sick. And, you know, they're looking into the laws now to make sure that that can't happen anymore. You know, because she would, she would pretend that there was a fire and she lost records and, and then the doctors couldn't verify diagnosis and they couldn't verify things that, that Gypsy was taking. And then she could continue to get different drugs. And when they searched the house, I don't know if you knew this, they checked the medicine cabinet and she had so many different pills. It, it kind of looked like she had a pharmacy in the yeah, house. Yeah, oh my God, I saw that. Mm -hmm. That's what she was using, you know, to keep her sick. And it's just... 
such a scary thing because a mother is supposed to be the person that protects the child from from danger and this mother was doing the absolute opposite for her so and i think america's torn too america wants gypsy to be happy and america wants her to to live her best life but we also feel you know we are we're not an eye for an eye country you don't kill someone you know for hurting you you know there's a legal system and there's a, a way to go about that so america's kind of torn a lot of people are like oh i'm happy for her i'm happy she's living her life she'd serve her time and then there's some people who feel like well we reward you know that type of behavior that's not the type of country we are we don't say oh if somebody is a bad person you kill them that's not that's not something that we believe yeah i think it's so crazy for gypsy too the first is like she I think she really loves her mother because she was the only person. She was her mother, best friend, everything, all the one. And um, at the other side, you know that your mother was trying to kill you the whole time. Your mother was treating you so bad. And at the same time, she, I don't know, but I, but I had the feeling that the mother was still loving her so much and that she was afraid to losing her. Maybe that she can go outside when she's 21 or 18 that she say hey mom i leave the house and i think for her the the craziest feeling was maybe one day she can be alone and that's why she was trying the whole time to get her ill that she take care of her the whole time like she's an adult then i don't know but that's crazy i i it's interesting you said that because a lot of people said that she did have abandonment issues dd blanchard um from parents And I think what you said really resonated because when, you know, this happened, Gypsy was 19 years old when this crime happened. Yeah, I know. So at, that, at that age, that was a time where she could move out and leave. And I think you're right. She wanted to do everything in her power to keep her with her. Mm -hmm. And I want her to grow up and leave. I think um, keeping her sick and keeping her dependent on her was the way that she was going to keep her with her and I, i think it had to do with abandonment issues i, I think that she didn't like want to be alone she wanted to be constantly in the, the presence of someone you know she was married once and then divorced you know and that's an abandonment issue in itself and then when her only child you know grew up and moved out she kind of really feared that that abandonment again and i think that she went about it a really horrific a really horrific way like I understand what she wanted to do, but the way that she went about it was just horrific. Mm -hmm. Do you know if her mother was treating, I don't know, like the same way from her mother or her parents? Because I have the feeling when I was uh, watching at her picture that I have the feeling that her mother was also in trauma from her own childhood. I don't know. Is there? Do you know if there's something happened or that her mother was treating her like the same way um i don't know specifically i do know that the relationship between dd blanchard and her mother was not a good relationship okay that information has been given i don't know like the specifics of it i do know that there was a lot of abuse and it wasn't a good relationship and because mm -hmm. a lot of people said maybe that she was replicating the behavior that she saw growing up that is definitely a um theory You know, she was doing what she saw, things that were done to her, you know, mm -hmm. as she was brought up. And I know that traumatic experiences as a child, they, they do shape you as an adult. You know, those those things that you went through and the situations that you had to cope with at a young age, they can shape 
the way you make decisions as an adult. But again, and everybody just keeps saying we can't justify anything that Dee Dee did because this was a child, you know. And I mean, you shouldn't do this to anyone, adult, child, regardless, or animal. You know, this is ridiculous. But everyone just says, well, we can't really justify it. So I really wanted to talk to you about it because I'm side we've seen the tv shows we've seen the documentaries we haven't heard anything from Dee, Dee obviously because she's no longer with us but fortunately you can give us a little bit of insight on maybe what was going on in her mind during yeah. the time that he was raising um gypsy and the the situations that were going on just so we would have a little bit of understanding of why this happened because there's always the why when we hear these stories we see these horrific shootings or killings we just want to know why. Why would you do that? Of all the things, you know, of all the options in the world, you know, what would yeah. make you as a parent do something like that? So when you were looking at DB's photos, give me some of the emotions that you felt. Like what was going on? What type of inner struggle do you believe was going on? My first feeling was that she had a lot of feelings in herself from her childhood, from her own childhood, and that maybe she was not happy or that her mother was um, treating her like the same way. That was my feeling. And I got the information when I was trying to get in touch with her soul that she said to me, now the circle is over. And I don't know what she was meaning with that, but I have the feeling that she was trying to explain me that another person was treating her like the same way that she was treating like yeah like gypsy and i have the feeling that she said um now she can found peace because she had no idea when she was still alive to break the circle where she was like it was a circle and th that was like a karma story it repeats and repeats the whole time and she said for her it was like um, Gypsy was breaking the circle where she was and it was okay for her and she's not angry on her or something. She was, I don't know, I had the feeling that she was feeling free after all that happened with her. That's interesting. So feeling free, like, so that would mean that she felt um, obligated to continue doing this. She felt like this was something that a drive in her that she wanted to keep Gypsy sick. She wanted to continue this behavior. So after her life ended, you felt that she felt like, I can finally stop this. I can be free. I can let her live the life yeah. that she deserves. Do you feel that um, Dee knows the the surroundings of how she passed away? Did, did she know that this was going to happen? Did she have an idea that they were planning anything or was it a shock? Um, I think she knows what's happened with her when she passed away. And I, I really have the feeling that she said, oh, my God, I'm happy it's over now. And I never hear a soul that told me I'm happy that's over. But I have the feeling she was stuck in a state where she said, oh, my God, I was going so a long way and I was treating her so bad. And I don't can go out of that circle where I'm staying. And I think for her to passing away is like she really can be free and Gypsy can be free. And I think that gave her in heaven a really, I don't know, but I think a good feeling to know Gypsy is free, she's free, and the circle is breaking, is broke. Yeah. 
So you feel that she has some remorse? She's, does she feel sorry at all? Or yeah, um, question, did she feel sorry before or did she feel sorry after? That was, I think that's a real quick question because I know while it was happening, she knew that what she was doing was wrong. Does she have remorse for the whole thing or does she yeah. just feel better that it's over? The craziest thing was sometimes when I was watching over the weeks at her picture, I really have the feeling that she was obsessed with demons, that she was out of control, that she was not in her clear mind and that she was really, I don't know, like really black energy in herself and that she was not herself, that she was not mentally stable in herself. And, um, I really think, and that sounds weird maybe for someone, but I think that she was obsessed with demons and that's why she was doing crazy things with Gypsy. And sometimes she was by her own and she had a normal mindset and then she was cool and she was lovely to her. And then she had at the same time another black side. Interesting. So she was kind of at war with herself. She, it was between herself and then maybe a controlling her so maybe she was doing things that something told her to do something that was controlling her and then she actually feel bad after she did yeah. those things because it wasn't really her yeah and i think that's why she also said now i'm free i think she was like in a circle and she was in an energy what she don't want it to be i think she don't want it to be that crazy mom that hurtful mom i think really that she was obsessed and to passing away for her was like to being free with her soul i feel that this situation because everybody feels that she was a monster yeah and when you're talking about obsession with demons um does that mean that she sought out demons or she um studied demons or do you feel like demons are out they took over her mind I think demons was over her mind. I think that she was obsessed and sometimes she was not knowing what she really is doing right now. I think she was like manipulated. She was like a machine and she don't know what she really did. Sometimes I think she know what she did and then she feel guilty for what she did. And at the other way, she she was normal. I don't know. It was like she was like two faced and um mm she really gave me the feeling that she was happy to be gone that everything is over and that gypsy is free and she can be free wow yeah do you think if she had an opportunity to speak to gypsy that she would tell her that she was sorry do you think that she would try to explain to her you know what happened and what she did and and maybe try to apologize for what she put her through or do you feel like she's just at peace with the situation it just won't be one to move on yeah i i think that she would love to say her i'm sorry i was not in my own mind and i had a lot of traumas in myself when i was a child and uh, maybe i treat you like the way i was treating from my parents and i really think that she would say if she can say sorry to her interesting i wonder if gypsy would be open to hearing that, you know, I wonder if she would be open to knowing, you know, what her mom is thinking and feeling. Now. Obviously, in the time when this happened, there was a lot of anger, there was a lot of animosity, she didn't really want to reason with her. And that's how we ended up here. But I'm wondering now, you know, years and years later, she's more mature, 
you know, she understands a little bit more of mental health. I'm wondering if she would be open to that conversation because closure is very important, you know, and I think that she's probably, I feel like Gypsy would probably be at war with herself right now. You know, like living with something like that is it's never going to be easy, you know, yeah. to accept you know, what you did. And I know she was um, only 19 at the time and she felt she had no other option. But I know even after she did her time and everything, I know that she appears to be happy. But when you see photos and videos of her, do you feel that that persona of Gypsy is accurate or authentic? Do you feel like she really is happy or do you feel that there's a lot of trauma that she has underneath because I can only imagine, you know, she has to live with this every day and not just herself, but it's everywhere, all over the news, everywhere she goes, every interview she does, they're talking about it. So I can't imagine how she's functioning, you know, with that going through her head. I think, and maybe that sounds crazy. I really think the time when she was in jail, that she healed from all this stuff and that she was feeling free and that she can heal. I, I don't think that the time in jail was really hard or very worse for her. I really have the feeling that she, I don't know, she can found peace in herself more and more. And she comes out and everything was good and she was married. And um, I really think that the time when she was in jail, that she found peace there. A lot of people are saying jail would have been a little more free than what she was going through as a child because people said she probably didn't find jail or prison to be as constricting as it was living with her mom. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think the same. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's horrific to think, but she was given more freedom in prison than she was in her own home growing up. Like she was able to make her own decisions. She was able to eat or go to the bathroom. She was able to do anything that she desired at the time she desired. And it, as crazy as that sounds, it's true. You know, her mom controlled every single aspect of her life, you know, to the point where she thought she couldn't walk. Mm. It was that serious. You know, she was being controlled to the point where she got up out of the bed one day and realized yeah. that she could walk. And it's just, I think that emotionally, I'm glad that she is healed. I'm glad that she took that time um, while she was in prison to take that time to heal herself. And, but what what do you feel um, in Gypsy's mind? Like, you know, when you, you look at a person, you look at a photo and you can see into their soul, what type of soul do you see? Do you see her as a mean soul? Do you actually see her as a kind, sensitive person that has just been through a lot of trauma? Like, do you see anything um, black or dark about her? Or do you feel like she's just a healed person now? Um, I think she is mentally stable more and more and i think um to having her husband gives her a lot of energy and uh, to having a healthy relationship is doing a lot with your mind and so i really think that that she's absolutely okay i know that she's been through a lot but um i really have the feeling that she um really is okay this is my feeling when i'm watching at her i think she is thinking about a lot of what really happened and she realized sometimes more and more what happened but at the same time i think that she's happy and that she's feeling okay and i also have the feeling that she's missing her mom i think that um she knows what's happened with her and that she realized everything but at the same moment i have the feeling that she's missing her mom she had a really strong relationship to her no matter what happened i think she really missed her
See, a lot of people have told the same story. I was watching a podcast not, not too long ago, and a guy was discussing a situation where his stepfather was um, molesting him. And he said that the craziest part of it all was when it stopped, he was sad. Because he was like, even though someone is doing something terrible to you, you still love that person. Mm -hmm. You know, as humans, we love people, even when they don't treat us right, even when they don't, you know, respect us, um, they respect our boundaries. So he said that the worst part about it was when it stopped, he felt unloved. And I feel like I feel like Gypsy might be going through now where she is missing the love, that side that you were talking about. You, you said you said that her mom did have a loving side. And you know, when she was herself, she was loving towards her. And I think Gypsy might be missing that particular part of her mother and the and her family because she didn't have a lot of family. You know, she grew up with her mom, her dad had other kids in another family, and they didn't see each other as much. This was her definition of family. I think now that she's married, and she said recently, um, the other day, she's ready to have children. She wants to have two children. And I'm, I'm beginning to believe that she wishes that that's something she could share with her mother. Yeah. You know, yeah. her mother children. And it's hard to believe because when you've been through something like Gypsy, you would think you wouldn't want anything to do with that person. But, you know, there's that syndrome. I think it's called Stockholm Syndrome where people learn to love and need people that are very harmful to them. And, you know, it's a very, it's a mental disorder where you crave the attention of people who do terrible things and you need them in your life. And I feel like her, she separates her mom into two different people. In my opinion, I feel like she looked at her as when she was younger as a mother. But now as an adult, she does look at her as someone who had mental problems, who made mistakes. She doesn't look at her as a monster anymore. And I think that she separated her mom into two different people, the person that did terrible things and then also the person who, who took care of her since birth. And I think that it's a really um, confusing thing for a human being to try to process that because we can't really look at people as different entities. But in the end, there's lots of different aspects to people. And I think you would be able to understand that the best because you can look at a person and see their soul and you can also see a lot of negative energy in there as well. So yeah. there's times where there's several people in there. And I think that that's kind of where she is. I think that as an adult, she's separated um, Dee Dee from the darkness. And I think that when, she, when you say she misses her, she misses the part. Because no matter what the situation is, there were times where they did enjoy themselves together. They did enjoy being mother and daughter, you know, and I think that he's separated the trauma from the love. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not a doctor. I don't know if, you know, that's good for her mental state, but I think that she's not being angry. And I think that's a good thing. She's not angry anymore. Like when she talks about it, you can tell that she's at peace. She's not angry. She's not crying. She's expressing herself and, and she's okay. She's moved on from those emotions. And I think that's the best thing that she could have done. Yeah, right. And, you know, I think it's really hard if you got so much love from a mother. And then at the other side, you have a mother who's treating you very bad. But um, I think the moments when she was treating her so lovely and like a normal, lovely, friendly mother, I think 
it's so hard to say, okay, I hate her the whole time because she can't hate her because she knows that there is another side, that there is another side of my mom and she was really lovely to me. And I think a child um, searching for love the whole time and uh, when a child gets love or gets some love from parents, I think um, they save this in their mind. Okay, my mom ha had always good times, always bad times, but she was also good to me. And I think that's the way she remembered her mom. Like, my mom was also good to me. Yeah, I think that we do take mental pictures of good memories. Because I, I grew up in a religious cult and there was a lot of bad things, but... Thinking yeah. back, I can think of a lot of good memories. And it's like traumatic experience you would think you wouldn't find the good, but we do as humans, especially as children, we're taught to remember, we archive those memories in our minds. And, you know, we do remember the trauma, but we block the trauma out more than we um, believe that we do. And yeah, you know, right. I think a lot of the the positives growing up because when people ask me they're like oh you should do a podcast on your childhood and i was like oh man it's such trauma but then as i would go back and think about it i can still think of so many different things that i enjoyed you know with my mom and even in the cult right like even in the cult like found good things and good memories and good um i've met a lot of good people i have people that um that were in the cult with me that are no longer and we're friends to this day you know i, I, I we, we find a way to find a positive in a negative situation right and i think that gypsy story really shown us that you know she has overcome a lot because i don't i can't vouch for the type of child she had i just know it was horrific i could never understand what she went through but i think what's really influential with her is the positive attitude that she has now you know after serving time after doing what she did she's out and she's just very positive and happy and that was one thing i asked so i was like is this authentic is she really happy and you said she really is she's really at peace and she's really enjoying her life and i think it's very important that people take note no matter what you go through and how horrible it is there's still a light at the end of the tunnel she's there she's she's married she's in a relationship ready to have children she's ready to start her life i can't imagine what that's like either at 28 years old just beginning to start your life you know it's some people right. are right it's like some people are so far into you know their lives they've bought a house already they bought cars they maybe even have a child you know she's just starting at the age and she's so positive i think that it, that's what we are taking from that situation because a lot of times people who have been through what she went through they don't know how to be positive. There, there's always going to be trauma. And I think we need to learn how to work through the trauma the way Gypsy did. Because a lot of people feel like, oh, well, we shouldn't be praising her. We shouldn't be celebrating her, you know, because of what she did. But how do you feel about that? Because um, some people say if she did her time, um, she she did her consequence, she's to live life do you feel that way or do you feel like should she feel bad still or should she be allowed to move on um i really have the feeling when i watch at her picture on the news that she is really okay i think she had um a lot of time in jail to realize everything to think about everything and i think she's absolutely Okay, the, the only thing is, I think maybe she thinks sometimes, okay, 
that was maybe not a good option to murder her. Maybe there was other option. I think that's the only thing what's always on her mind. What's going on if she was still alive or what happened if she was still alive? I think that's a questions in her head what she is still having. Yeah, I can I can see that. It's just like an inner battle. You know, we always have that second guess. You know, we make a decision and then things don't work out the way we we thought they would. And then we think back like, well, what if I would have done it differently? What if I would have taken a different path? And yeah. I, I wonder how she's going to be able to to work through that that process. Because in the long run, this is always going to be something that affects her. She's never going to be able to fully move on. You know, this is always going to be a part of her. No matter what happens, where she goes, how old she is, if she's a mom or not. When you say her name, it's always going to bring us back to this. Like she's branded in this crime. And it's like, unfortunately, she's she's done with her sentence. She's out and everything. But people are not willing to let go. She's not mm-hmm. able to move to a point she can just be Gypsy Rose and not be associated with Edie Blanchard mm-hmm. and the murder and everything. And I think that's going to be a really big inner struggle. I mean, I feel like she's being very positive and she's moving in the right direction. I think that it's it's very telling that she's able to deal with social media because I think when she went in to prison, she wasn't on social media. Um, she wasn't allowed on social media, um, wasn't popular. So the fact that she's transitioned into it and she's doing well, because, you know, social media can be a very toxic place. You know, people say a yeah, lot of horrible absolutely. things and judgmental things. And I think that she's transitioned into the social media. She has like seven or eight million followers. You know, it's, it's a lot. She's up so there. crazy. Right? She's up there with some of the biggest celebrities in the world. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about her coming out and becoming one of the biggest celebrities in the world? And she's not a singer. She's not an actress. Um, she is um, someone who killed her mother. You know, how do you feel about that? Um, yeah, I told you that I was not follow her or, or I was not uh, hearing about that story before because in Germany, I never hear about that gypsy story. But um, I think in America, it was a really huge story and everyone wants to know what she has to say and what's going on. And I think the whole American people are interested what's going on with Gypsy. And I think mm-hmm. everyone wants to follow her because everyone is interested. What's her opinion? What she, what she wants to say? What's going on in her life now? And so I think maybe that's normal because we all, all you all was waiting that she's coming out and can tell um, her story. Yeah. So is that normal for Germany? Like would something like this happen in Germany where someone is released from prison and then they become a big celebrity? Or is that just something really only happens in America? I'm honest to you, we don't have this crazy stories like you. Like maybe we have some crime stories, but you would laugh about that, I think. We don't have this huge crazy stories like you in America. America is really crazy. And I think the most people are scared to moving on to America. Everyone say to me, oh my God, you want really to move forever to America? It's it's um, so scary because there are guns allowed and there are so many uh, rules we don't have. And um, yeah, a lot of people are scared because of America, because you have a really crazy country. Now you have aliens in Miami, right? Like we never have some aliens or UFOs here in America, in Germany. So you have a really crazy country. <laughs> oh yeah, UFOs, we've had those for, oh my gosh. 
hundred years. We've I think Roswell is where they first saw them. Yeah, America is just a weird place because it's like it's where everyone wants to be, but it's all where everyone is scared to be. Like you said, like you don't know if safety is ever going to be something that they can guarantee here anymore. Yeah, that- it's crazy. I hear a lot of stories every time when I'm watching TMZ news. I'm so shocked because. You know, there's a brother who kills her own sister just because of a present, uh, a Christmas present. Like, I don't know, in Germany, I don't think that happens here. Like, it's really crazy. And that really creeps me out sometimes because it's so easy to shut someone down there. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's there are stories where um, there was actually a story recently. I, I was just talking the other day about it. Um, a student in Michigan. His name was Ethan. Um, he went into a school and shot four people, I believe, and killed them and then injured seven. And he was 15 at the time and he got life in prison. But the difference in this case was the mom knew that he was showcasing strange behavior and she's the one that supplied him the gun. So she was actually, it's a monumental case, actually. The mom was charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter even though she, what, she wasn't involved, but she was the one that helped him get a gun because he was unable to get a gun at his age. So the law actually is holding the mom accountable as well as the son. So the son got life in prison without the possibility of parole um, at 15, at 16 years old, which I think is scary, right? They're putting children in jail for the rest of their lives, but also the mother as well is going to be serving, I think it's 15 years per count, four counts. Um, So she's going to be serving the rest of her life in jail, too. And even with these harsh sentences, these crimes still happen. No one is deterred from stopping them. You know, like people don't see the the consequences and not do it. We still have these things happen very, very frequently. And I think that's what's the most scary because people do it and they do it because like this particular person, he did it because he wanted to be known as one of the biggest mass shooters in the world. That was his dream. He wanted people to know him for that. And it's like, what do you think is going through the mind of people that do things like this? Do you think that they're possessed? Do you think that they're just obsessed with death? Why do, what do you think is going through the minds of people who do things like on purpose? Like they do it and they plan it out. I don't know, but to murder someone, I think the whole time people cannot be normal. People are maybe obsessed with a really devil energy because you can be not normal to shut someone down, in my opinion. Maybe when someone is a rapist or did really crazy shit, okay, then maybe you have the feeling, okay, I want to get justice for someone. I have to murder people because he was a really bad human, but I never can explain in my mind how can be someone so crazy to shut someone down just because of... I don't know, some little struggle or just because he wants to shut down someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what's crazy. Is. They're innocent people. I think you, you nailed it. These are innocent people. They didn't do anything wrong. Like, there are people here in America that go into a mall and just start shooting. These yeah, people did so nothing. Crazy. And uh, we don't have this in Germany. I really never heard before that someone is going in a Walmart and just uh, going crazy and shut everyone down. What the freak? This is so weird. I don't know. And that's why um, we in Germany, we really scared to moving to America because of all that guns and all that stories. What we listen from you. (laughs) 
So I want to ask you this. Do you think that there's a lot more negative and demon activity in America and in other countries? Do you believe yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's why I want to move to America because you are believing in paranormal stuff. And the crazy thing is in America, there are uh, there's something going on like with paranormal stuff. And in Germany, people are sometimes laughing and saying, oh, my God, it, um, this is not real and this is uh, fake. And I don't know, they are not open for spiritual things. And we have to be honest, in America, there are the most paranormal things. Yeah, so you have the most haunted places, you have the most craziest, I don't know, stories about um, paranormal stuff, like you are the paranormal country ever, I think. Yeah, we have a lot of it here. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of medium as well um, that are very in touch with it. And we've talked about that before, though. A lot of times in, in America, yeah, right. the medium are here for, you know, they want they want it, they want clout they're not really here to help i think it's interesting because you said you want to come to america and visit these places and try to get to the bottom of why these spirits are so aggressive and yeah. why they're hurting people and i think that that's interesting because there's a lot of places here where you know the medium will go they'll spend the night and they'll antagonize the spirits and try to get them to speak or or make themselves known but they won't try to the area. They won't try to help the person move forward, if it's even a person. And I think that it's interesting because if you were here, you could actually go to these places and maybe end the terror. You know, because there's some of these houses where people go in and they literally will hear people crying. They'll hear um, screams for help. And it's clear that these spirits are in need of help. But then the mediums go into these places and offer them help. It's very strange, and it's like, why wouldn't you want to help them? You only want to go in and get enough footage or sound to help your show or your podcast, you know, so you get a lot of clicks, and then you leave that struggling soul in that same place where it's been trapped for years and years and years. And I think what's interesting about you is you actually want to help. Right. And spirits, and a lot of people here in America, they don't want to do that. And no, that, they just want clicks and they just want to go on YouTube or get more fame or I don't know. And it's the same with the mediums there, I think. The most say, oh, my God, I can't talk with your husband. He passed away, blah, 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 and I don't know. And maybe the husband needs help and they just say, I just have to say you, um, your husband is missing you. Oh, my gosh. We all know that your husband maybe is missing you. So, yeah, it makes me so aggressive that I think the most people are just doing this for more clicks or more fame, I don't know, and not to really help the souls who passed away. Yeah, I, I feel like you coming to America would make a, a difference, you know, because <laughs> there's so many, I, I went to you the other day and I was like, I would love for us to visit some of these. I was sending you a bunch of locations. It's like, I would love for us to visit these places and just have a conversation with spirits and ask them you know what brought you to this this state of aggression and anger why are you stuck here you know why can't you move on and is there something that we can do to help and you know i feel like we could actually help cleanse these places of these negative energies i saw that you won and it was like a house and the owners couldn't even live in it because of all of the aggression they would get scratched cut burned you know, these spirits are so angry and instead yeah. of people helping these spirits move forward and move and cross over, 
they go in and they just want to record, you know, the sounds and the scratches. And they're like, oh, look at this, look at this. And then they just leave. And it's like, I feel like when you get here, I feel like we would definitely be able to go and just get a backstory of who these people are, what they went through, why they're here. Even, for instance, one of the houses, they found bones in the basement, I believe, that I showed you. And they didn't know who they were for. And I was like, well, what if we could find out that person was, you know, and give that person a chance to cross over. What if they were killed in that house and they don't know how they're stuck there, they don't know how to cross over and no one knows what happened. And, and then you could actually come in and give that story, you know, to the police and you can help solve that and you can help that person move, you know, into a better place, into the realm where they're supposed to be. Because I can't imagine what life is like being stuck somewhere in unknown and not knowing how to fix it. You know, I can't imagine what yeah. it's like for that. And I think the souls getting aggressive because and making some stuff, some paranormal stuff, uh, because, you know, you you can imagine you are stuck in an elevator over years and then you want to go out of this elevator and maybe you see, oh, my God, there's a person. Hey, can you help me? Can you help me? And the person maybe ignore you. So you get aggressive because you want to go out of the state. Like, that's why the souls are getting aggressive or they trying to make noises or some things that people say hey um we are here and we stuck here please help me i don't want you stuck in the state anymore yeah i understand that a lot it's like i say that when i see people like there'll be a, a homeless person and they're standing on the corner and they have a sign and they ask you for money and then people just drive by they don't yeah, acknowledge right. and that's kind of how the spirit feels they see you don't acknowledge them. You act as though they're not there and they need your help. And I feel like that aggression and that they become desperate. And they're like, I just need somebody yeah. to see me. I need someone to understand what I'm going through so I can tell them. You know, I need someone to listen. And I feel like that's a really, um, it's a really sad thing. But we, like I said, we have it here with the homeless. People pretend like they're not there. You know, they pretend like the problem isn't there and that we can't solve a problem if we don't acknowledge it. You know, we have to, and I think mediums are really good at not acknowledging the problem. They go in and they ask enough questions to get clicks and then they leave. And you, we have to, when you have this gift, you know, I believe that this gift is from God. I believe that the gift is given to you to help people. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you make money using it, that's one thing, but you should, the core of your gift should be using it to help people. I mean, obviously, if you're using a lot of time and energy, you should make money from it. But your core goal should be to uh, have a positive impact on the lives of the people that you're interacting with. Yeah. And um, to back to the topic, what you was talking, I think when a soul is stuck in so a long time in this state and, you know, like in a house, the soul is stuck in a house over years. And um, then someone is coming at the house just to getting clicks or I don't know. I think the souls, every time I think they get new hope that someone can help them. And then they are really disappointed that they um, don't have someone to help them to go out of this state. And I think to get... Every time you hope and then you are desperate because nobody helps you, that makes you very desperate, I think. It's actually, it makes sense because even not a soul, just a regular person, when you're, you're trying to accomplish something and you can't, but you become desperate and you take desperate measures, you know, and you do things that maybe you wouldn't do um, normally. 
And I think these folks, it's harder to be only certain people can hear them and see them, right? Like yeah. it's very, it's not the same as you walk into the mall and just say, hey, I need help. Everyone can see you and hear you. You know, these souls, everybody can't see it and um, understand it because we were talking about this before. Everyone has a third eye, but everyone doesn't activate and use that third eye. I think we were discussing that before. Yeah. So we're all born with it. As you were explaining it to me, we're all born with it. And a lot of people, realize it because children, especially young children, can see and um, interact with the paranormal so much easier than adults. And I think you were telling me the third eye is the strongest um, when you're the youngest, right? Isn't that how it works? Yeah. Um, when you have your third eye, when you was a child, it's so open and you grow up and it could happen that it blocks more and more because I told you in the last podcast, uh, maybe the, your parents say you crazy, that's not real, or you think ghosts are not real and your third eye, it's going close more and more. What do you think people should do to keep that third eye open? Is there anything that you would suggest um, that they could practice to, to make sure that they're staying, um, staying open-minded? to it like so what for instance if you if someone thinks they think should they convince themselves that they didn't or should they explore like what do you think is the best way to keep your third eye strong uh when someone comes to me and said hey i want to getting more spiritual or i want to getting my third eye more open i have a third eye spray that means you make a cleansing by me and then i can give you the third eye spray and you can spray on your hand and touch at your th third eye um, every day and then it opens more and more and if people have not a cleaning I think the best way to getting more spiritual or to getting your third eye more open is that you make meditations or you listen to frequencies and stuff like focus on your own to get in touch with your higher self is the best way to open your third eye. So, and when you're doing that, that's going to make you more sensitive to feelings, right? Like if I'm not mistaken, third eye, we'll be in a room by yourself and you'll experience the feelings of the, the, the entity in the room with you, right? Isn't that how it starts? So like if that person is sad, you might feel um, overwhelmingly um, sad or tired. Isn't that how it would work? Yeah, but... I have to say the most of my clients have different experience when the third eye it's getting more open sometimes they just see double numbers or they have the feeling they can feel the energy when they go into a Walmart or um, they think about a person the person is calling like I don't know um, there are different things what can happen if your third eye is it's going to be open. I think you have sometimes visions in your dreams or you have the feeling sometimes happen. And then maybe a few days later, it happens like, I don't know. Um, I think you going in a feeling that you feel more and more around you. So it's kind of like a, a collective of different feelings and thoughts. It's interesting you said that have a dream about something and then it happens. That's been happening with me like my whole life. Like really? I'll have a dream of something and then like it wouldn't happen for like a year. Then it would happen like the exact same way. Yeah. And it's kind of weird because like it'll be like a conversation and then I'll know what's going to happen. Like the other person will say the exact same thing and we'll be in the same room. It's really interesting because it actually happened one time where I was in a house 
and we were talking and I didn't, I'd never seen that house before. I never, I didn't know where it was. I knew who the person was I was talking to. And then like years and years later, it happened. I called it deja vu and I was, I knew what they were going to say. And then the house was the house that the person was living in at the time. But when I had the dream, they didn't even live in that house yet, but I knew what it looked like. It was kind of freaky. I was just like, this is really strange because when I went to their house for the first time, the first thing I felt was I've been here before. Yeah, that means, that means that your third eye is open. That means that you got visions and that's how it starts to get in clear void. That's a way to being clear one. If you have visions in your dream or deja vus and then it happens later. Really? I mean, yeah, it always <laughs> happens. So yeah, always. Third I, mean, open. <laughs> I never thought that, I mean, I don't, I didn't think it was closed, but I never thought that I had any specific gift. Like I don't, I can't tell you like what's going to happen. Like, I can't look at a picture and see like what's going on in their mind or anything. Like the vision thing is like the only thing. And it's never been anything like telling. Like it didn't tell me like if someone was gonna die or anything. It was just like a regular situation that I saw happen already. Like it wasn't anything special. Like it wasn't gonna help me change the future, you know, or anything like that. It would just be like a weird like five minute situation, but that I saw happen like months, months before, which is always really weird. And I was just like this is so strange. I remember this. I remember. And then as it's happening, I, before they would say what they were going to say next, I know what they're going to say next. Weird part is that dream would happen over and over. Like, so I knew it by heart. Like I knew what was going to happen because it, it happens many times, but I never understood why that specific moment kept mm -hmm. replaying before. I never understood why. I didn't know the significance. Yeah, I think that your third eye is open and maybe um, when you make the cleansing from me that you will feel that you have more visions or that you can feel more or you dream more and then you can see that the visions will happen faster. I would love to have that. I mean, I, I love, I respect your gift a lot. I do think that it's very um difficult for you to live with that gift because it's never off. It's always on. So it's yeah. like I I, I <laughs> want to have it, but also that it's very consuming of your life. You know, like every moment of your life, your gift is there and it's always on. You know, it's like you get a car you and it never goes off. It's always running. You know, you can't really separate yourself from your gift. So that that's a scary part for me. But I've always wanted to. So to have it a little bit of a, a clairvoyant um, outlook into life, I feel like people who are clairvoyant, they live a more understanding and happy life. You know, they, they understand that life is a gift. They understand that things can change and they, are, they adapt better to situations because they, they sometimes have a little advanced notice of what's going to happen. And I feel like that gift is a way to give you a more open-minded, relaxed life. I mean, I, I get that knowing something very detrimental could make you not relaxed. You know, it could make you very um, stressed. But I don't know, I, I would love to do the cleansing and see if I could improve my third eye and see if I could do a little more, um, you know, the visions. And maybe the visions will start to make more sense and maybe I will understand what to do. That was my main thing. I was like, well, what do I do with it? I don't know if they're trying to tell me to change something or I should 
um, help someone. Like I never understood what the purpose of it was. So I feel like that would be something I would have to work on after the cleansing. So um, tell everybody where we can get these products because I want to do the cleansing. I know for other people, they might want to do the cleansing and they want to brush up on their third eye. They want to improve, you know, how much they can be a clear it. So what is this spray? How do we get it? And how do we use it? Uh, you just can send me a DM because every product is just for you, your energy and your soul. I don't have uh, a lot of products at home. I just make products just for um, a person when I see the energy and when I see the topics to the person like so every person have to message me a dm that i can see the energy on a picture and then i can make the products just for the person oh i like that that's what's a personalized it's a personalized product that can help me specifically i really like that yeah i think that the people listening you know if you want to call our, our dm and order this you know make sure that you have a photo and you put the voice note so she can get a good idea of your energy and because this is a very personalized thing, it's something that is only going to work for you. You know, you buy right. this here with your friends. This is just for you. And, you know, would you be open to having a conversation like with someone like um, Jenny? I was going to say, I was going to reach out. I know it's going to be really difficult to get her attention. She's very, very, very popular. But like, yeah, would you be absolutely. open to having a conversation with her, maybe giving her a little insight on how her mom feels and and the remorse that she feels. I feel like that might be something that is needed in her journey of recovery. You know, even though she's recovered well and she seems healed, sometimes hearing those words and knowing that the person is really sorry, it can really help her, you know, fully move on because she says she's ready to be a mom. And I feel like I don't want her to move into motherhood any animosity or angry or um, re regret you know, in that situation. And I think hearing what you were able to hear from her mom might be something yeah. that would be quite healing for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the craziest thing was before we recall the podcast, um, I was searching for a picture if you had some questions then. And um, I found a picture. And the interesting thing was that I saw on the picture what I found. I can show you the picture from Didi. Um, I got the information from her that when Gypsy is going to be pregnant, that she wants to come um, as her child back, that she wants to reincarnate as her child back. Like, she gave me the feeling that she wanted a second chance to can be by her and to live with her again, but um, in another life as another person, as her child and to have a second chance to show her the love from a child to her mother. Oh, so she would plan to come back as one of Gypsy's yeah, children. It was crazy. When I was watching at this picture, I got this information from her that she wants to come back as a child when Gypsy, um, is getting pregnant. And I have the feeling it's, it's not a long time. I really think she wants to come back very fast as a child from Gypsy and have like a second chance to um, give Gypsy the love as a child to her what she cannot give her in the life when she was the mom. See, I understand that. And I feel like 
wants a second chance. And, you know, I've, I've always been a believer of everyone deserves a second chance. You know, everyone makes mistakes. Um, do you feel that um, Gypsy would be able to feel that it's her? Do you feel like she would give her signs? Or do you just feel like she just wants to be around her? She doesn't have to tell Gypsy or Gypsy doesn't need to know. She would just feel better knowing that she was close to her again. I don't know. I have the feeling that she wants to give her the message that she say, hey, you know what? I want a second chance. I want to come back and I I want to be with you again, but in a lovely state, like not in this toxic state where we was. And yeah, I think she wants to tell her that she wants that second chance and maybe to ask her it's okay that I'm coming back as your child is that okay for you I think I have the feeling that she's waiting and I don't know why but I think we should ask her for a session with us or that she can get in touch with us that I can give her the message from her mom and maybe it's okay for her. or maybe she say oh my god I never want that my mother comes as my child back um but maybe we we should we should talk with her about that. I agree. I agree. I think that she has every right to have input in that situation. Yeah. And if she she doesn't want it, you know, she has every right to do that because you know I think that we don't always have say into who comes back and where they are in our lives. So I think it's important that she knows what's going on and she can have that. I think that I'm gonna message her. I know it's gonna be hard. I know she has some family members as well who are helping um, manage you know, her communication. You know, see if she would just be open to having a session and with you and discussing these things you've discussed here. And, you know, that way she has all of the information presented to her and, you know, she can take that information and, and do what she wants. With it. Yeah. But I think it's important that you know, she understands that the information is here and this is what's going on and this is how her mom feels. So I would really love to have that conversation with her. So yeah, let's yeah, me too. gonna reach out. We're gonna reach out and see what happens. And you know, she hasn't really talked to um anyone in the paranormal world so far. She's done every type of interview and podcast, but she hasn't spoken to anyone in this realm. So I don't know if she'd be open to it. So mm -hmm. we're gonna reach out and see how that goes. Um We've run out of time for this episode. Five episodes, guys. Five, right? It's crazy. Right. So we're going to come back um, next week with a new episode. And this was one of a really fun episode. And I think that we have another um, after session we're going to do with another person um, soon. So we're going to try to get that one done on the next episode, hopefully. And always, if you're interested in the after session or reading with Juliana, make sure that you send her a DM. She's tagged in this video. Um, voice notes and pictures are great, but make sure that you don't give her too much information. That information she's going to get on her own. So make sure that you're um, reaching out to her so you can book that. And I guarantee you, you'll be happy. These sessions can change your life. They give you the information and, and peace that you may have been seeking for for many, many years. So if you guys are interested in that, make sure you're sending her a DM and you're getting those sessions booked. She books very quickly. So move fast, you know, like it's important that you want to get that booked. Um, thank you guys for joining us on this episode. Make sure you're following Juliana. She's tagged in this video. Um, follow me on all social media platforms at georgemossy.com. Anywhere you get your podcast, type in the George Mossy Show, as well as anywhere you stream your music. 
Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you again to Julie for being here. I appreciate you and I appreciate your gift even more. Everybody have an amazing week and we'll talk to you really soon. Thank you, George, for having me.